0: the PSDcast with your host Jason Lumberg with Power Systems Design. Every once in a while I like to take a top-down appraisal of the issues affecting our industry, and nothing's more burdened, especially these days, than renewable energy. It's always changing, growing, and progressing towards the point where it's a plant's fossil fuels, and while we're not quite there yet and industries like aviation have been particularly hard to decarbonize, we're we're making great strides. So how was 2022 for renewable energy, and what's the outlook for the new year? On the line, we've got Kevin Colstead at Energy Shares, and hopefully, he can shed some light on the state of renewable energy uh, moving forward. So, Kevin, welcome aboard. And can you tell us a little bit about Energy Shares?
1: Absolutely. And thank you so much, Jason, for having me. It's, it's great to be on the podcast. Really appreciate the opportunity. Energy Shares is a FINRA registered broker dealer and an equity crowdfunding platform where renewable energy project developers can raise capital to develop their solar and wind and battery storage projects uh, from a pool of retail investors and uh, accredited and non-accredited investors. Uh, so we're really excited to be uh, FINRA licensed. We, we just got our approval to operate earlier this year in 2022 and plan to launch the, the platform in the marketplace uh, in 2023 in, in Q1 and expect that uh, renewable energy projects will be able to uh, be listed on the website and individual investors can come in and uh, uh, invest their capital into a renewable energy project and uh, and help make new wind and solar and battery storage projects possible.
0: Very cool. Now, we've mentioned how the installed solar capacity in the U.S. has actually been on a bit of a downward trajectory with the first quarter of 2022, 24% lower than the same period last year and a 52% decrease from the fourth quarter of 2021. Why do you think solar might have declined a bit in this country?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And I do think it was potentially a a short-term downturn in 2022 due to a number of factors. Uh, The Solar Energy Industry Association and with McKenzie have have both recently come out with an analysis uh, and trying to to understand exactly what you know, your question gets to and why that happened in twenty twenty two and you know they found and, and have heard from developers like um, uh, like Solarian capital like us and, and others in the marketplace that uh, a a good portion of the the responsibility is due to supply chain issues obtaining solar modules and equipment to to build projects this year uh, largely due to the, uh, the the pending tariff case in, in front of the department of commerce uh, some issues with with imported modules from from asia um, you know there is some resolution to to that now and, and so i think folks in the industry uh, believe that 2023 will will bring uh, a, a tick back up in, in solar installations, and and that really the the blip in 2022 was was just a temporary one and, and a downturn in in, in solar installations. Um, so if, I think the industry at large is is expecting still an upward trajectory uh, in 2023 and and throughout the uh, the next few years, uh, and hoping that 2022 was just a, a temporary downturn. Um, I think it's also important to note. Looking at quarter to quarter numbers that there's often a rush in solar and wind projects to place them in service right at the end of the year and in, in the fourth quarter uh, to to capitalize on, on the, the tax equity requirements and installing a project by the end of the year. Uh, and so I know folks are furious right now in, in December trying to, to finalize their projects and, and place them in service. Uh, to, to meet those goals right now in 2022, and uh, and then folks will get get hard to work and and do the same next year in 2023.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, now the good news is during that same period, solar represented 50% of all new electricity generating capacity added to the U.S. grid. So while the overall install capacity might have decreased, the percentage of the overall energy mix is solid. So. What do you think uh, could cause solar to continue gra- gaining ground in the U.S.?
1: Absolutely. Well, I think there's, there's two really key fundamentals to the continued uh, increased generation capacity from solar energy in, in the U.S. One is, is, frankly, cost and economics. Right now, utility-scale solar is the cheapest form of, of new energy generation in just about every state in, in the U.S., Uh, And so it just, frankly, makes economic sense to continue to build out utility-scale solar projects. Um, Couple that with the Inflation Reduction Act, the big climate bill that was passed by Congress and signed into law by President Biden this year, uh, that that increases the investment tax credit back up to 30% and extends that uh, through the rest of the decade it really will will just give a clear path to utility scale solar developers uh to continue to develop projects uh and and continue that upward trajectory over the next decade um meanwhile individual states across the country uh, you know have renewable portfolio standards in place that require their utilities to procure electricity from from zero carbon sources such as solar and wind uh, and so uh, some states like California, of course, have those in place already, California, New Mexico and others. Uh, additional states may continue to adopt those, and, and that will just continue to uh, to lead to, to more solar projects a- across the country, which, of course, we're all happy to see and, and ultimately can, can help mitigate or limit the, the impacts from climate change that uh, we're already starting to see across the country.
0: Definitely. And And what about... What about wind power? How would you characterize its 2022? And in an application sense, where's the most opportunities for growth?
1: Absolutely, great question. So, wind power is, I think, also experienced a bit of a downturn in 2022. Uh, but uh, from what I've been reading from the American Clean Power Association, uh, it appears that, that that's likely a, a temporary downturn as well. Um, you know, land-based wind uh, it continues to be a strong generation resource here in the U.S. Uh, I think that'll that'll continue, and and really where the growth is expected in wind uh, wind generation here in the U.S. is in offshore wind generation. So the the first wind project, uh, Vineyard Wind, off of the coast of New England, uh, is, is being placed into service. Um, it's been in development for the better part of a decade has taken some time uh, but uh, there's you know, massive leases of of new uh, new parts of the country in the northeast and uh, in California as well where offshore wind generation should be coming online in, in the next four five six years and that's where we're going to see some some really staggering numbers gigawatts of of new wind generation projects coming online um it's a new technology for the U.S., but pretty mature one in in Europe and other parts of the world. Uh, so the large wind developers uh, from who are experienced developing those projects in Europe are, you know, actively developing projects uh, offshore here in the U.S. And large oil majors, folks who are familiar with uh, with with work in in deep seas, are uh, are also developing those. So excited to see what what comes from. From that industry in the next five six years as well
0: all right now we've heard a lot of rumblings about hydrogen lately, mainly for the world's first hydrogen powered jet engine and a hybrid diesel and hydrogen engine for heavy duty vehicles not these aren't necessarily ready for the big show or fiscally viable yet, but they can grab the headlines so at the risk of repeating myself where's most opportunities for growth with hydrogen
1: sure, yeah, great question I, I think those Transportation applications are, are really interesting, um, especially in heavy duty and, and industrial trucking. I, I think that those those can make a lot of sense to, to power those vehicles by hydrogen. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if, if that can be applied to, to aviation as well and commercial aviation. Sure, it'll take some time before for that's uh, ready for the marketplace, but excited to see what comes of that. I think where in the near term, folks expect hydrogen to um, you know to be sort of industry ready is in power generation as well. So um, green hydrogen is a pretty popular term in, in the energy industry right now. Uh, and in essence, what it is is uh, by by pulling water in and combining it with electricity uh, or running a chemical process using electricity, uh, called electrolysis, uh, that water molecule can be separated into hydrogen and oxygen, uh, and then that pure hydrogen can be used as needed uh, for those transportation purposes that that you mentioned, uh, but hydrogen can also be used to uh, spin a turbine and, and then generate electricity as needed. Um, and so uh, there's large green hydrogen projects uh, under development right now, uh, and, and I think the great appeal of it is that, uh, you know, assuming you produce that hydrogen through electrolysis using a clean renewable energy source like solar or wind or geothermal, uh, then that hydrogen is, is considered green or clean. And then that hydrogen can be stored and, and then used when when needed on demand to generate electricity. And so really, it's a, a form of storing the energy and, and then being able to generate electricity again when it's needed. Um, and that really helps mitigate the, uh, you know, one of the drawbacks of solar and wind energy, that uh, those are intermittent resources that only only run when the sun is shining and the wind is blowing. Uh, but green hydrogen, in, in theory, you know, that can be used to create electricity uh, 24-7. And so I think that's Really exciting to see these these large hydrogen hubs under development across the country. Uh, I think it'll take some time, a number of years, before they're commercially ready and, and those projects come online. But um, eventually, they'll be able to provide a, a nice, clean, reliable electricity source for, for homes and businesses across the country.
0: Okay, Gavin. Well, before I let you go, is there anything else of interest that we haven't mentioned in the renewable energy space for the new year that you foresee?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting question. I, you know, there's of course interesting technologies like uh, geothermal energy production is is something that's already commercially viable, but there's sort of a renewed interest in, in new types of applications um, in, in that space. So I'm excited to see what what continues to to come to bring the cost down for geothermal energy. Uh, I think there's there's interesting things being done with tidal energy. So, uh, you know, placing turbines in offshore applications and taking advantage of tides that come and go on a daily basis, um, some, some progress being made in that space. Um, so excited to see what, what continues there. You know, one thing that's not necessarily directly renewable energy related, but is important for the climate as well is uh, direct air capture projects or carbon capture and sequestration projects. Uh, so there's a growing movement and uh, new technologies coming out to capture the carbon that comes off of uh, of emitters like uh, coal power plants, natural gas plants, and industrial applications. Um, being able to capture that carbon and then uh, store it or turn it into a, a usable form of carbon. Uh, and I think that'll be an important component of of uh, humanity's decarbonization strategy over the coming years. Um, so excited to see what comes from uh, from the carbon
0: capture space as well. Great. Well, thanks again, Kevin. And to our audience, thanks for tuning in. Stay safe and healthy and have a great day.